Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week we're going to be exploring the search for marginal gains with Laurie Greenland and Ollie Morris. Before we get into that, I want to thank We Are One Composites for supporting this episode of the show and they also have a really great offer for you. I'm running We Are One's Faction 29er carbon wheels on my bike and they're an incredible set of wheels. Still running as tight and true as the day they arrived. These things are so well made. You can see the attention to detail and the quality of the finish on both the outside and the inside of the wheels. The ride fit is spot on. They're really direct but not punishingly stiff, which is a tough balance to get right. But We Are One have hit the nail on the head. As a downtime listener, and because it's coming up to Christmas, We Are One have got an amazing discount for you. For the month of December, you can get 20% off any of their stock wheels or bars by using the code SANTAGIVES20 at the checkout. That's SANTAGIVES followed by the number 20, all as one word. Head to weareonecomposites.com now and check out what they have to offer. Don't forget to make sure you subscribe to the show. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it drops. It's really easy to do with buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. While you're there, you can also join my newsletter for a weekly dose of interest in bike related stuff, competitions, products I've been enjoying and more. If you want to support the show, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop and grab yourself a treat. We've got t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies. They're all 100% organic, printed to order and shipped with no single use plastic. They make the perfect Christmas treat for you or other mountain bikers in your life. If you're not already, then please give me a follow on Facebook and Instagram where I'm at Downtime Podcast. All right, in this episode, we're sitting down with Laurie Greenland and Ollie Morris to talk about their work on optimising Laurie's performance both on and off the track in that ongoing search for those marginal gains that all go towards a winning performance. Last winter, Laurie decided that he wanted some support in the organisation and planning of everything that goes into being a professional athlete, so he called on friend and coach Ollie Morris from ProRide to help him out. We're going to be chatting about that process and some of the things they did in search of those winning performances. From time management to testing to race mindset, everything was thought about. So without further ado, here's Ollie Morris and Laurie Greenland. Laurie, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. How's things with you, mate? Yeah, pretty good, man. Good to be back. Yeah, nice to have you on. Let's, um, before we get stuck into this episode... Talk a little bit about your recent injury and how you're getting on, because I'm sure people will, will want to know. Yeah, so I um, kind of uh, injured my thumb pretty badly at, at World Champs in the qualification for yeah, in the qualification, and um, yeah, ended up dislocating it and uh, doing some of the ligaments on the inside, kind of completely tore them off the bone, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty backwards looking. Managed to get it back on the back in place really quickly on the side of the track myself it kind of just slipped in pretty pretty nicely itself and uh off to the local docks and managed to get a bit of a brace up and up and running to to race and yeah it was it was it was a strange race having to kind of crack on with a bit of a, a blown out thumb I knew that it was going to need an operation the minute I touched down in the UK so yeah. managed to get strapped up get on the race and do it but yeah, it's, uh, it was weird, kind of. I really didn't expect to be able to ride that fast for that race and managed to actually drop out the gate in full attack race mode. I kind of came out of turn. I was so surprised that I'd managed to get into that zone that my my kind of my concentration dipped for a minute and uh, ended up just literally riding off the track really pointlessly. So, oh, 
yeah, it's, it's strange then back home for an operation and it's, uh, it, it seems to be pretty good. It's, it's, it's amazing what Red Bull have done, getting me back on track so, so fast with the, the right surgeons, the right physios and just the, just the right procedures done in the right order with, with kind of relevant information for a extreme sports athlete, which was pretty eye opening. So yeah, we're, we're kind of coming up to, coming up to six weeks this Friday and I've been riding, surfing, cracking on again. Awesome, mate. That's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. That's where the Red Bull support really helps. Right. It takes the stress out of it. You know, you're getting the best treatment. Yeah, it was crazy. I felt like Darth Vader and Star Wars or something. <laughs> I just got bolted back together and uh, told to crack on. I, I've been more cautious than uh, I've been told to be, so it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Rebel, for sorting that out. Yeah, fair play. Good stuff. Yeah, it's good to have you back on a bike, mate. And yeah, shame that the worlds didn't quite go there. So that that little loss of concentration was almost because you were sort of surprised how well your, your hand was coping, is that? Yeah, I mean, in the car park, I didn't really do a bunny hop and then... Came out the start gate in like full, just really feeling nice in my head more than anything. Kind of managed to just convince myself that it was all still on and dropped out the start gate and was just in full focus mode. I can't remember the top of the run at all. I remember coming out of this turn and having a little blip of concentration and being like, oh, wow, this is actually going really well. Oh, bang oh, off the side man. of the track. So, rookie error, really. It's one of those things that given that I knew I was sort of driving home to an operation, I guess it's, uh, it's not that surprising. Yeah. Were you disappointed to be out of the season? Cause 2020 has not been an easy year full stop, has it? Yeah. That, that was a kind of a weird one for me. I, I, I wasn't gutted simply because of, of how the year went and the, the uncertainties and the stresses and the, the kind of the weirdness behind the season. It was, it was a strange way that it all came about. I don't think anyone thought it was going to happen. The UCI and the ski resorts might not have been certain it was going to happen. And it was almost a kind of felt almost like a bit of a game of chicken between everyone. So for it to be about, well, I hate to say it, but slightly more money orientated rather than passion orientated was a weird one for me personally, because I know it's easy for me to say I'm on a kind of good salary for 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 my job, but I I just don't really have a lot of interest in money and and the the kind of the way it all works. So for me, everything I do is mostly passion related, and I don't know it just felt kind of weird being weird that life and the passion seem to be all about that and budgets and and that side of things. So on the one hand, I was absolutely gutted to be missing my first first World Cup since I started, which was kind of a kind of I was quite proud of yeah that's a fair <laughs> so, record uh, but on the other hand it was it's been a really stressful year I definitely really struggled with with um a lot of it I guess we'll speak about later a little bit but okay. uh but yeah we yeah it was, it was hard I was gutted but also happy to be going home it's a yes yeah, still don't really know how I felt about that. Yeah, if there's a season to get injured, this was probably the one, right? Exactly. So if I was going to miss one, it was going to be this year in my eyes. But I race World Cups and I love riding downhill when I was missing doing what I love. So, yeah, yeah, sweet and sour. Yeah, fair play. And Ollie Morris, welcome back. We've uh, 
feels like we saw each other only minutes ago. <laughs> but um, if people didn't listen to other episodes with you, just remind people who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, obviously in relation to Laurie, I've been working with Laurie now for the past about year uh, um, through MS Mondraker. Uh, also got a, own my own a mountain bike coaching company called Pro Ride Mountain Bike Coaching. Um, but probably more fun than both of those, I still race myself. So I, ha- I have to pretend that those are the things I care more about. But actually, I'm a bike rider still <laughs> and, uh, and a bike racer still. Yeah, and you race at elite level, right? So yeah, you yeah. kind of... Yeah, you understand what Laurie goes through, I guess. Yeah, definitely, uh, to some yeah. extent, at least. And we, totally, again, we yeah. That's that's that. uh, that's that's part of the reasons he's doing what he's doing, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Nice one. Well, how did you? First off, how did you guys meet? How do you know each other? Laurie well, probably can't remember. Can you, mate? You were too young. Yeah, probably. <laughs> to be fair, I guess uh, people from around here have always done the same race series, same. Same sort of thing. I remember bumping into Ollie at sort of random events like Portuguese nationals back in the day. And uh, just general whereabouts in Bristol riding scene, really. It's, uh, yeah, just one of those things you just kind of bump into someone here and there. And before you know it, you're you're out uplifting with them. Yeah. So you go back quite a long way then, a few years. Yeah, I don't actually know how long, but I guess so, yeah. We were having this chat the other day, but we... We've been training uh, with Andy Wadsworth, our trainer, for the same period of time. Okay. So even though I'm older and had trainers before him, Laurie, that was like your first trainer, yeah. obviously, as he was uh, coming through the junior ranks and whatever. So, and that was about, I think that was about eight years or something like that, eight or nine years. And then a bit before that. But I've actually, I've got this footage of Laurie's GoPro footage of Laurie when he was back on Trek. And that was your first year junior, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I never realised at the time i mean we'd drive to revolution or something like that and go uplifting i never really thought about him being that young because when you ride you just ride with you just like-minded people aren't you yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter that i was like 30 and he was 17 or whatever yeah it was just that is one of those riding. funny things isn't it like yeah. in my my sort of natural friend group at home none of that stuff ever really happens but in the that's that's what i love about about sort of downhill mountain biking it doesn't really matter what what age that everyone is you kind of just just crack on with the like-minded approach and it's happy yeah. days yeah yeah if you ride you ride that's it and yeah. it's enough yeah it's cool so what what made you decide that you wanted to kind of change things up a little bit coming into 2020 and what made you approach ollie i think a lot of it is down to sort of where i was at in my career kind of uh done some good results kind of I guess not taking anything away from myself I I had had some pretty good results coming up through through the juniors and and elites and kind of managed to prove myself uh, to the world a little bit but um, never felt like I'd done it like properly in terms of kind of uh, the professional aspect of it especially the organization planning side of it so okay I've always ridden a lot, always um, always had mad competitiveness in my sort of nature, I guess, and that kind of things. But uh, I guess it's a part of the, the planning and the, the organisation, the, a bit more forward thinking and consistency in my own head, especially, is uh, making times for things. And, and it, it's kind of felt quite overwhelming for me because 
because I'm such a passion related guy. If I if I like the sound of it, I'll go for it. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's just being a little more consistent and professional with a lot of things in order to get to the next level. Yeah. And uh, yeah, someone like Ollie is pretty perfect given given the career he's had in the past, his current career, kind of how close he is to my house at home. And uh, when when we ride with each other, we before any of this came about, we'd be we'd be constantly talking about the tiny little aspects of riding and the marginal gains and and kind of uh, to to the level which I didn't really do with anyone else out there, not even my team's trainer or, or any okay. sponsors or friends. So I guess it was a very natural natural approach. Yeah. So what did you ask for from Ollie? Well, that's actually kind of more what I asked Ollie. I said, <laughs> what do you think I need? <laughs> I, 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 I approached him as a, as clueless as possible uh-huh. to, to have his input. Cause Ollie's a pretty meticulous guy. He's got all the little pieces put in place of kind of the forward planning, the organization. So yeah, it was more him coming up with ways to help me and me listening for a lot of it. Okay. And I guess a lot of it I've only started to pick up a year later. I think our first meeting was probably around this time last year. So, so yeah, I guess it's taken me a long time to put slowly start putting in all the pieces that we've been speaking about. But, uh, but yeah, I think if Corona hadn't have happened and the world hadn't gone pear shaped, um, it would have been pretty interesting to see what, what would have happened because the plans that we had in place and the, the way it was kind of set to go was really exciting for me. Kind of uh, really felt like I was giving it a proper crack in a really professional manner, which kind of at the same time is keeping a lot of the fun involved, which is pretty paramount for me. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So you, your background, Ollie, before the riding side of things is in like corporate training and coaching. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. So you're not, you're not unfamiliar with helping people through this kind of stuff, but is this the first time you've helped another athlete particularly in this way, or have you done a bit of this in the past as well? Um, of this level that, yeah. And in okay. this way, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you say, I used to do a lot of leadership coaching and um uh the the there's a bit of a sort of rule like of ways you can work the higher up through a business the person is if you like in terms of like hierarchy and uh and I just brought in a lot of those rules with Laurie because I worked with many leaders that earn an awful lot more money than I ever earned and were much better at leading companies than I ever would but uh-huh. as a coach I could still support them and I so I just kind of jumped onto that like I guess method when working with Laurie, um, obviously I had the benefit of already having a great rapport and relationship with Laurie, which helped. Well, I think I think that was exactly it because I knew how to ride a bike fast and I knew how to <laughs> gap a load of stumps in some gnarly terrain or something, but it's just a little bit of the life organisation I was lacking. And, uh, okay. And, yeah, that's that seems to be what Ollie's got really dialed. Yeah, definitely has. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that. How do you deal with that request then? And where did you go from there with it, Ollie? Like, 
Can I add what Ollie helps people get really dialed? Not necessarily what Ollie's got dialed. It's uh, (laughs) easier to uh, preach than practice, right? Um, Sorry, say that question again. Yeah, how how did you take Laurie's kind of request for support or help over the off-season and like, yeah, where did you start? Yeah, uh, do you know what? Like, and Laurie said himself that he came back to me asking for something, but not really knowing the exact thing. He had some, he was like, it was those words like, like just make like just organize my life or just sort things out. But there had to be quite a lot of conversation about because he didn't want me to organize his life. He wanted me to help him organize his life, which I think was a big thing that he'd said. Exactly, um, I wasn't interested in giving someone the reins and and letting someone make it all a big uh, sort of fake for me. If you know what I mean, yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was more just a little bit of guidance. Uh, teaching me how to do a lot of things because for for a lot of young athletes I feel like you, you your passion turns into your job quickly you might well, not right? have ever had a mm-hmm. a real grafting job yeah. so you, you are living in this this dream world where a lot of the the smaller things get pushed under the rug and kind of you come come home at the end of the season with a million adult commitments that you've just completely <laughs> lunched out for for six months so i guess after a, after a certain amount of time doing that you start to realize that uh you can't actually have as much fun as you once could just being a kid having a laugh going around the world racing so it's you start to, to actually crave a bit more responsibility a bit more adult yeah sort of just nothing crazy, general kind of uh, life plan. Get your get your living place sorted. Get your vehicles. Get your kind of uh, get, also kind of start making time for people and other commitments as well outside of the job. So it's uh, yeah, doing all of that to the point where you can consistently win World Cups and be as organised as possible. Yeah, and keep the fun side of it. Where where you you're being loose, you're being doing crazy stuff in your BMX, sending big jumps, partying with your friends, able to go and drink beers and have a laugh and not feel guilty or yeah or or bad about any of it. So it's just managing it all so you can actually get all your ambitions done at the same time as uh as kind of being a twenty three year old lad. I'm a, yeah, I love that side of life as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a tricky, oh, yeah. it's a tricky balance. Right? I think Laurie's like jumped onto and and what he's jumped onto there is almost the first thing we realised in the first kind of meeting we had, uh-huh. like I say, this time last year, and it was this work versus life balance, which anybody who's not a professional athlete will, and I'm sure most people listening to this now, uh, their their life will be riding bikes and their work will be an accountant or whatever they happen yeah. to be, you know, the nine to five. like a, a nine five kind yeah. of job or whatever. And we soon realized with Laurie, he still has work and he still has life. It happens to be that he loves his work in terms of like bike riding was always his life, but there was still, there is still that line. And it's where for him, this was one of the biggest challenges that we'll carry on working with is where he draws that line of when have we just got a graft and get, get it done. Yeah. And actually, when can you do your job, but call it life, you know, like he loves going down the trails, BMX, skate park, all that sort of stuff. And even uplifting, you know, because still uplifting was life and not work. Yeah, that's it. it. And things like 
going to the coast, surfing, that sort of thing. I've I've had it in the past where I've gone and done something real nice activity that sort of your average person might kind of look at, like going to the coast, surfing, having a laugh with your mates. That's a really positive thing to do. But coming home feeling really down, gutted with myself and sort of a bit pissed off really that I hadn't got my training done. Okay. Lunched out a lot of other responsibilities as well, which is something that is real hard for for your average person to kind of get a grasp on. That that when when you are doing that sort of stuff, you can end up feeling almost depressive that you've you haven't got the training done and you you're letting sponsors down. But the reality of it is, you've had a really fun time outdoors in nature with your mates, doing a really positive thing. But it's it's funny, I think a lot of athletes have that, where you you end up doing a lot. I mean, you know, I've spoken with Brooke about it a lot of times, my teammate as well. It's like, take take a long weekend off training, go and spend time with your girlfriend, and, and which is a very important part of your life yeah. that you come home then feeling guilty about, which is the most crazy concept ever, which, is, which, is, which isn't really like a, that was just a kind of a, make-believe scenario i just made up but like uh it is interesting that 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 a lot of people do think you're on the bandwagon of living the dream but you kind of get into this really strange scenarios of feeling guilty about doing good things that aren't simply riding your bike getting your job done and making sure it's a no stone unturned situation which is it is funny. It's hilarious. You're doing what you love, but all these weird little things end up well, coming out. Yeah, there's no, there's no real distinction, is there? Like for a lot of people, like you leave the house, you go to work, you come home, and you're back into life again. Whereas for an athlete, there is, there isn't that obvious distinction between what where work starts and ends because exactly, a yeah. lot of it's fun, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff that isn't fun that needs doing to be good at your job and yeah. to keep your sponsors happy and all that kind of stuff. So. Some of yeah. our some of our test weeks felt like work, didn't they? Do you remember we were on site that that one, and you came home. I can't even remember what you said, but you looked like a bloke who'd just done your first week on site, like, <laughs> like literally digging holes or something. He he was uh, maybe I'd worked him too. I don't know, but we'd made him get all the runs. We got hit all the objectives, even if they were quite hard yeah. to hit. And he came home and he just looked spent. And I was like, site clock out for a few days. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> that yeah. Was yeah, time management is a huge part of it and being able to sort of compartmentalise yeah. so elements. To round that up, based on that, what we just said, that's where you get Ollie in, help you organise it so you can feel good about all the other stuff you do as well because, man, it's easy for it all to get on top of you and uh, it's easy to put on a on sort of a, a face as well, like you're a real chilled athlete that just cruises along doing it all, which which I kind of quite like to do anyway, sort of, which I guess is naturally me prefer to be relaxed and have less boxes to yeah. tick. But yeah, it, it, uh, it does start to get more like a job as you get these responsibilities, having the right people around you to keep it, keep it fun. Yeah. And your passion is pretty, I'd say most of the top athletes in the world have got people doing that sort of stuff for them. Yeah, for sure. I think that's definitely the case. So yeah, where where do you start then, Ollie? Like what how was that first meeting? How did you kind of structure it to kind of get to the point where you understood Laurie better and knew what 
you guys needed to work on? Yeah, we. I don't think Laurie expected this to be honest, but we. I I just invited him up to my house and we uh, and uh, put the kettle on. You know, fed fed him and put did, did the basics first. But then we got quite in depth, to be fair, and we started looking at um, okay. So what does Laurie really value? Like what what are the things that he likes? in life just generally and the characteristics he likes in life so we got kind of in depth into that and then we started having a look at um like where not even like goals but things that he kind of wants out of life just generally and uh and and it was i found the whole meeting really really interesting um and partly because a lot of the things that he spoke about when we were talking about life it was like the last dream we came up, we put on the list. I hope Laurie doesn't mind me saying this. Was be world champion, and and there's two things that could have been. One was, that was either that you was found an it obvious. Funny that, that was the last thing the last, on my list. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't necessarily, was it? But yeah, go on, you elaborate on that. Yeah, it, it wasn't that. It was uh, that it was lesser of a, an item I wanted to tick off. Mm. It was more that I knew there was things that needed to be done before that necessarily happened. Mm. So I guess it was accepting. I mean, yeah, you could put in a good run and get world champion, but it was, it was more that, that the, the, the things that need to be put into place to be world champion more than once mm. needed to happen for that. Yeah. Okay. For that to start taking along. So I think, uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably being quite harsh on myself, I guess. I've won a world cup and I've had, well, it's medals and stuff like that in yeah. the past, but to truly feel like you're doing it properly, I feel like it's, uh, yeah, that, that comes first, I guess. Yeah. So it's more about, or for you, it was more about making the way you live and the way you compete sustainable rather than one particular victory. Or Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm quite, quite an arrogant guy in terms of my, uh, or I guess ignorant is a better word in terms of my, way of doing it if i'm not having fun computer says no so if i'm not <laughs> if i'm not in a good headspace then i don't actually really want to go and race so much so that's that was a huge thing for me it's getting get the getting that fun fun is the main word that i use for the the whole thing it's yeah. all about the fun and the results come so if you're organized enough to let yourself have fun then then i feel like it's such a almost an easy job like when all the pieces are in place and you're having fun that's that's not a job yeah so. yeah fair play do you know that was one of the things that i found quite nervous with working with laurie was around trying to make sure you you don't need to be close sorry to know that that's one of his bigger values you know this like he wants to enjoy his job he wants to enjoy his life even though there's a line down the middle and they're two separate things he wants to have fun like the rest of us, right? Yeah. Fair. And um, so, so one of the things I was like, we need. I knew we needed to put some more planning, a little bit more structure into things to give him consistency. Laurie, we all know, can win a World Cup. Um, he can win a World Cup on arguably a bike that's the wrong size. We'll talk about bike sizing later, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, a bike that might well have been set up. I'm sure it was set up well, but probably wasn't looked into as in depth as you looked into the past couple of years. And he can do all that. He can do all that without any work, but can he do it week in, week out? And that's what uh, Laurie's talking about there. So to get that, we need to then make sure that the rest of life, if you know what I mean, is right, both professional and fun 
uh, and all the other things that Laurie requires kind of thing. So it was quite a, a, a fine line. And I remember being on some of these test weeks when we were away, having a huge concern of trying to make sure that we had objectives to do, right? We needed to get suspension ready, get the bike ready in terms of sizing, um, get all of the processes ready. All that had to be done. Uh, but at the same time, we've got to make sure that Laurie's having fun because that's when he rides the best, right? Make, we've got to make sure the vibe is good, as, as Laurie would always mm. say. And so that's obviously quite a challenge for anybody, isn't it? Hard for Laurie to try and find that balance and equally hard for the people around him to try and uh, yeah, I guess it's happen. just different headspaces. Some people kind of like getting a bit dark and moody and gives them crazy motivation and, and yeah. kind of like a sort of hidden power to get the job done. But for me, it's the opposite. It's uh, sort of go, I could kind of recluse out a bit and go, which uh, did end up happening when Corona came about because you, you kind of, you've structured this plan with Ollie, it's all going really well. And then all of a sudden you've got, Everything from forks to frames to bars to to wheels, tires, everything not turning up. So then, oh yeah, of course. that was quite a struggle for me as well this yeah. year because it was the uh, first time I felt like I really done it properly and kind of got a lot of the, the 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 stones turned that I'd never done before. Yeah, and then had it all stripped away from you, like so frustrating and. You do have to remember it's only riding a bike down a hill. <laughs> yeah, but it <laughs> but is your it job and your passion. Me massively, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, kind of all of a sudden when you've got more requests for the team, you're, you're the team are putting a lot more budget into you and your ideas. With Ollie, we're, we're doing a lot more team camps. I'm, I'm basically demanding a lot more money from everyone and it starts to become a, a team bubble effort. Yeah which then when it all gets stripped away, you feel pretty gutted about it. It affects you quite a lot. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it was, um, it was almost a relief. I think wasn't it, Ollie, when that first world cup got canceled, cause we put so much work into getting it right. And, and it wasn't quite right. So when uh, okay. that first one got canceled, I was like, Whew, we can, <laughs> uh, we can get all the, the, the shipments in, finish off what we, we set to do in the off season and, and then go from there. But, uh, Obviously, Corona situation got worse and it spiraled out of control. So, yeah. so, so, yeah, that that was almost as much of a lesson as getting Ollie on board in itself. Like going through, actually getting it all in a pile, all your kind of ducks in a row felt really good and amazing. But then it got like completely stripped off as worse than any other year before. So suddenly you were looking at the worst preparation you'd ever have <laughs> with the most amount of thought gone into it. So that was like, that was a savage life lesson for me. It's kind of uh, crazy. And in the off season took on a load more responsibilities of my own as well, which yeah. is all wicked stuff. Like first time living on my own, in my own house, sort of uh, all these different little things. So then, yeah, I think everyone on every team will agree. That was savage kind of putting in that amount of effort and, once you're at that level of fitness as well, you can't you can't just maintain it until when they say the the season is going to be like I I or me personally I can't maintain it anyway. When I'm at that sort of fighting fit level, it does go in peaks and drops. I I can't just keep it at altitude the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's like you need you need to go up and down a little bit for it to be consistent throughout a whole year. So yeah, then it was like. Oh, you feel your fitness slipping away because you're in lockdown and you're 
you still not received any of the bikes or parts and you're like, man, what has gone on this year? It's crazy. What a year. So yeah, kind of the full package this year. It's been pretty, pretty amazing year. Now we're sort of uh, sat at home and my thumb's on the mend. It's kind of, probably wouldn't change it actually. Yeah. Been a, been an educational year. It's all learning, isn't it? That's the, yeah, that's massively the key thing, learning. Right? And like, yeah, just seeing seeing how each decision you make in a team environment has such a roll on effect to everyone and and the whole sort of thing as well, which is something I hadn't really had to think about much in the past because everything's sort of like pixies and butterflies, right? And you're like happy days <laughs> <laughs> up to this point. So it's like, yeah, pretty pretty uh, pretty interesting. It's been yeah, it's been cool. Yeah. What from that first session then that you guys had together, like what did were you surprised by anything in that? Was it was Ollie kind of probing into parts that of stuff that you hadn't really thought about much? What how did you feel afterwards? It's all stuff I probably thought quite a lot about and felt a bit guilty for not actually properly sorting out. Okay. Mostly it's a time thing, like when you're away so much in the off season you might be away sort of Every three weeks, you might do a week away somewhere testing. Through the whole season, you're consistently away. And then you might be in New Zealand a bit in the off-season as well. And then you get to the point where your home life prioritises your friends and family. And actually getting things like a mortgage set up properly is like so far down your list of priorities. That it's hard. It's fair. Like, Never the most fun thing, even mortgages. Yeah, exactly. So I guess all that side of things is kind of how it came about. Yeah. So where where did you go from that first conversation? And you you found out, I guess, more about the motivations and the dreams that Laurie has, and some of the things that maybe create like feelings of guilt or frustration. Like how do you start unlocking some of that stuff and helping improve that situation so that? You can be a, yeah more focused on having fun more of the time, but still getting everything done. Because I'm pretty sure it's not just elite level athletes that want that, right? Everyone would love to be able to get organised enough that they feel they don't feel guilty. Like I reckon, just time. the right people in the right places around you is is actually just how you make it real easy. Yeah, I reckon it's as simple as that. That's really well said and really interesting because so many people say that. Uh, yeah, so it's so cliche, well. isn't it? You have yeah. the right, yeah. right girlfriend or boyfriend yeah. or whatever, and you go right team, right people, right mm. mechanics, right trainers. But it is true. It's a pretty enjoyable job if you, if you get all the pieces in a bowl. Mm. Yeah. And to do that, I suppose we, um, like I say, we had that initial meeting. And, and I don't even know if Laurie knew I was quite doing this, but I was trying to set up like regular meetings, not on the bike, not out on, you know, doing our sport or working on the bike or any of that but just face to face where we would like check in quite loosely on like his like I don't want to call them monthly objectives but to me they were to him he was just looking at these things that he was just having to get ticked off some basic things around like your planning like uh and get making sure he does things and believe you me on his planner it was like Tuesday night, Ramp World night. Do you know what I mean? So it was like planning the fun. Oh, I think yeah, is what like we were planning to the in, fun it? was pretty <laughs> st- 
stupid, like... Yeah. It seems off, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't sound so, right, does it? You've got to plan the fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Organised fun. Organized. <laughs> <laughs> what is that about? Yeah, it sounds terrible. What but... is that? <laughs> did, it, did it work, though? Like... Yeah, it totally worked. So <laughs> it makes it, It's not organised fun, yeah. it's just making sure you've got time to have fun. Yeah, it's putting the time there, yeah, I guess, yeah. like allocating yeah. hours rather than like, totally. I'm going to have fun doing... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to do this and call it yeah, fun. This will be fun <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, no, but that and that was it. So we were kind of checking in, really, just to try and help him uh, carry on the things because it's all well and good having that initial chat. And like I say, it's nothing. None of the things Laurie was thinking about was new. It was more how I helped him package it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So he could go, ah, I can like see this now, and then start like I say, doing those individual things. And some of them were tiny things, you know, some of them oh, were really man, yeah. small. But Really small things. Like some of the things I'd get gutted about and guilty about not doing enough would be like going to do rollbacks down Tesco's car park for an <laughs> evening, like with your mates, you know what I mean? For me, that's high priority uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like really. getting all that stuff and actually achieving all that does does add to your overall enjoyment. So it's like all yeah. those little things go a long way. Yeah, massively. And I think that, I mean, there's, there's different types of athletes in there. Some are so intensely focused on the task. They will cut out pretty much everything else, right? They might not see much of friends, yeah. relationships can suffer. Like you hear those stories, mm. but that's doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. If you can be organized and if it's a, if it's a real like value yeah, to you, I suppose. It doesn't have to be that way. You do need a certain amount of that thing, but it doesn't, especially in a skill-related sport like downhill, you can afford to get a healthy balance and a healthy home life and yeah. and that sort of thing. If you do it right, obviously the year-to-year is going to differ a lot. You speak about the rider, the type of rider that maybe is like, has to be intense all the time kind of thing. And, and that intensity, and I'm going to try and link it maybe a bit too loosely, but to kind of determination and an ongoing just want to win, should we say, mm. like that Laurie has more than anybody I've ever known in, especially in that three, four, five minutes of downhill run. Like there's, there's anybody can ride with Laurie. And I know this, that people sometimes ride with him and go, Oh, I can keep up with Laurie. And I have to explain to them, try keeping up with him on a world cup race when the clock's going, because you'll have no hope in him. <laughs> um, because he has, he's obviously got oozed amount of talent as a bike rider. Everybody sees that on TV or if you know him, you see that. Um, uh, but what Laurie has, and I think that helps him win is that dogged determination intensity that you speak about, um, during his run. When he, the time like, is right. When the time is yeah. right. And if you look back I mean, at quite often results, in a time training, like time training at a world cup, which I put a lot of effort into, uh, which I was going to put a lot of effort into this year, yeah. but didn't really get the t- chance to was, all of those sorts of things. But in, in that sort of thing, I'll feel like I did a mint run and I'll be back in like 27th or something just because the time's not right and it's not it's not, uh, it's not time to let your head fully okay. go with it. Yeah, well. the intensity just comes with the race run. But yeah, it, it's funny as well. I've got that. I slip into that attitude with so many different things I do. Like, uh, like in lockdown, I spent so much time. The first one, we were allowed to go to the local skate park that I was at and skating loads and getting right into it like properly loving it 
you got to like tap yourself on the back and be like, dude, you're never going to be pro in this. Just relax a bit. Or, like, get, <laughs> get out the get out the surf with my mates. Haven't had a wicked surf, loads of progression. I'm so bad at surfing. But, like, <laughs> but slipped into that like, yeah, well, get in the car, look at the next report, see when it's on again, see how I can improve. Like yeah. the cogs start going and I like get ahead of myself and then I'm like, oh, yeah, Loz, you, you, you're never going to be good at surfing, mate. Relax. So, <laughs> it's funny how it just... Definitely, and just random things that aren't even sports. I just uh, sometimes get ahead of myself like that, just like straight into that, what did you say, dogged determination. (laughs) But that's something I think a lot of people, maybe who who aren't close to you, don't realise that you, when you speak of fun, part of your fun, you love it when we're out on the trail trying to figure something out about your, your riding, your mindset, your bike, just like you love it when you're with your best mate surfing, trying to figure out how to surf better, don't exactly, you? Like yeah. you have that kind of enjoyment of progression or something like that, isn't it? That we've spoken about a few times, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then you can go away and have a beer and and enjoy the fact that you just went and did it, kind of thing. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah, yeah. But to be able to get to that high intensity, you need to be able to come down and turn off, right? I guess that's the key so, thing. Like yeah. you need that balance of high and low to yeah to really be able to get up there to that race level sort of and you can't switch off if the minute you switch off you feel guilty about not getting other stuff that actually have quite a lot of weight to them outside the sport so yeah yeah it's getting the balance of that yeah 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 Yeah, and i think it's it like they say the candle that burns twice as hard burns half as long or whatever Mm -hmm. like i think that's probably you see that in racing you see these people that come in for short periods of time super high intensity but the longevity is generally in riders that know how to turn off like greg minnow i think is maybe a good example i think it's fair to say he works super hard but he knows how to have fun how to let exactly yeah which is uh which i've got a lot of admiration for it's cool to see someone who can kind of uh balance it in a way that allows him to do that it is amazing and it it is really hard to do which is why i see a lot more kind of robot athletes doing consistently quite well because it is savagely hard to do and it's not there but yeah so how have you found it then with the like the scheduled fun and like having a bit more of a layout <laughs> to your your calendar like is it have you felt the benefits of that like oh yeah things? up until corona hit it felt amazing, felt so good, so fun. So uh so much easier to to get stuff done and maintain the side of life that I'm actually living for. Which is that fun side. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. It was really good. It was a shame that Corona came and really put a spanner in the works, but yeah, like I said, I probably wouldn't wouldn't change it in there. Probably like through I speak about it in quite a good light at the moment, but at some points this year was like really shit. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're but good. like, uh, yeah, part, probably like some of the worst times in my adult life this year, which is like pretty rubbish, but now kind of at the end of it and probably the most stoked I've ever been at the minute right now with an injury kind of without having raced one race run this year so it's like a big learning process and yeah it was it's, it yeah it's it's cool cool to uh it's always cool to go through it yeah good stuff so what yeah what 
what sort of things did you put in place? You alluded to some like riding weeks, but what, yeah, what sort of stuff did you guys put together to work through that winter and get as ready as you could be for what we were hoping would be the start of the season? So, so we, um, we sat down with Laurie's trainer, Andy Wadsworth, and, um, <laughs> and looked at kind of everything really. So what he needed, what Andy needed, Laurie to do, uh, and uh, what we needed out of the bike and 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 out of Laurie. So uh, and put basically a plan together. And in hindsight, it was a busy plan, but basically it was three weeks training back home. So we'd be in with Andy a lot, and, and he was putting the graft in probably more than I've ever seen. And then uh, and then one week, or it wouldn't be a full week, but then effectively a week put aside for then going out to Europe, getting onto a relevant track uh-huh. tracks in the uk are amazing really good very technical uh, but they're short and they're generally not fast enough to yeah. compare to world cups so um when we're testing and especially because we had a brand or not a not finished bike wasn't a brand new bike a, a prototype yeah a, a, a thing in progress <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so we we knew there was a massive task on and i think this is the other reason laurie was like that's, can someone come and help? Because there was a big task on and there was a lot of work that needed to be done. Yeah. And let's be honest, probably not the most fun bit of work, you know, because you've got bikes that are not right at the time and then you're having to feed back and get the right bike and all of this stuff. So, but we have... Most people listening are thinking, hang on, these guys are going for a week in the mountains riding. <laughs> but there's a lot more to it than that, right? I was knackered. Yeah, this is every time I come out. It's, it's hard like though, but a week like- off. <laughs> It's funny, you uh, you could put me in any car on a racetrack and I'd have a laugh. You put me on a bone shaker hardtail and tell me to go down Fort William, I would not have fun. <laughs> and the better you get at riding bikes, it's like you can only have fun when the equipment allows you to. So if okay. your equipment is not quite there, I find it very hard to have fun. Okay. Riding my bike, yeah, yeah, unless it's on my BMX, which is why I love riding these raw, yes, yeah, rawer things. Yeah. That's like why my passions outside the sport are like a skateboard or a surfboard or BMX. Is it's a very much pick it up and go thing. But with a mountain bike, the better you get at it, the more the equipment has to be right for you to have fun. I can't go and have fun riding my downhill bike if it's way too small for me or way too big for me or. Or even like sometimes you might have like a, I don't know, a bent pedal and a, you might have had a blowout that day. You've got a tube in your rear wheel and you're like, your, your suspension's a bit out and all of a sudden you're frustrated. My bike feels shit. I can't ride properly. It's it's no longer fun. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's funny. Like you, you and I'm sure that would be the same for a, for a professional car driver. For that for that to be the case, it's like that is the difference between someone at home, yeah, riding on the weekend and and kind of what we do. Yeah, so developing a a prototype yeah. bike up to being race ready for you. Is, yeah, it is, is actually that that's that's definitely work because because after a little while, when you're working, you you stop taking in the views of the mountains, you stop taking in the like. The amazingness of it all, which I know it is, it's yeah, yeah. so cool. Like, fully appreciate it. But you got your head in a notebook with figures, writing it down, and you you can't actually ride to your skill level because the equipment might be taking you back. And then yeah. the next day, 
you'll get it nail on the head and it'll be the best thing ever and you'll have like the best day riding like and all all of the week up to that will just disappear like that <laughs> yeah that's amazing. all it needs yeah, right yeah yeah so yeah, how do which is it. like which does make it even sweeter when you do have those good days there's like a few of those years i mean a few of those days in a year where i had quite a few of them this year in morsey actually i was like at that limit of riding and you feel like your your bike is just allowing you to do anything and that is the like the like the mecca of of the job it's amazing like that is for like it's rare right yeah Yeah, but that that for me does become rarer and rarer yeah Mm. i mean you see people like greg minnow adjusting his bike all the way up until a finals run yeah which i reckon is crazy but like that he's been doing it longer than me and he knows that he can't quite get to that level without it being perfect which is stressful yeah big time imagine imagine the amount of hours that professional riders such as laurie spends on his tool for his job in this case a bike yeah the awareness is huge and 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 i know people have said even this year like when laurie's been speaking about wanting something a matter of mil changes in 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 uh, size people have rang me and said this has to be a joke he can't not be he can't be needing just a few <laughs> mil change and i'm like yeah. and this is where i think laurie's quite liked having a rider obviously not of his level but somebody that has experienced riding at, at um closer to his level yeah because then I can say, no, I can back him up, if you know what I mean, and be like, no, he he does want this change uh, of this few mil. So, And it's a bit it's a bit of a downfall for me in, in, in some respects. When I get an image in my head and when I see the light of that image happen and I have one of those days on the bike, try and make me change my opinion on that. <laughs> you, you have no laugh, mate. <laughs> There's no way. So that, that does make it pretty hard for for people to work around that especially with different opinions and different views which you're yeah. always going to have which is going to make you but isn't isn't that the most i'm sorry to, if i'm buttoning isn't that the most important thing and i think you said that this to me in a conversation just a couple of weeks ago laurie and i was like I'm so pleased to hear you say it. you were like actually my mindset is the most important thing to winning a race almost over those few meal or that suspension setting and whatever but what gets, gives him that mindset is that the bike feels, looks, the numbers, whatever we, we've decided. How what cool it, is that, though, to be involved in a sport where it doesn't even matter? It's mostly about your head. That's mint. Valdesol Worlds, yeah. when it was Danny Danny won, I was second, and Flope it was third. Yeah. Like, the state of our different bodies is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Flo may as well be doing a different sport to me, but... So, somehow when it all comes down and the clock ticks it's like it's all irrelevant so personal sort of opinions kind of get blurred by that a little bit yeah which is like pretty cool yeah because yeah, yeah. some sports it's so to the book unless you're doing this you're, you're out the squad mm. so it's cool to be yeah but, but yeah I, I'm definitely pretty bad for getting my head stuck on something and just going for that one thing do you do you find like when you get to that point, can you then get on that bike in that same setup a couple of weeks later and get that feeling again? Or does it yeah. not always? Yeah, you definitely can. Cause your head's clicked in with that, that yeah. way of riding and you're, 
you're on a level with it then you're like you're feeling it you're you, you you know it's going to be good before you even get on, which is half the battle. Yeah, so you're already in the right headspace before you swing your leg over the thing. Yeah, fair play. So how did you set up these winter sessions and these testing sessions? Because I'm, I'm guessing you're starting not from scratch, right? Like there's a bike with some layout and what have you, but there's a lot of variables that were open for interpretation, right? There's a lot of stuff you guys could go and try. It's just yeah. sitting down, writing down a load of things that we wanted to try and go and do it really yeah. simple as that i guess i i was obviously new wasn't i in terms of my relationship with mondraker and uh and the team and you know i didn't know any of the kind of ways and processes around ordering parts you know so i was kind of like stepping in a little bit kind of blind if you like there um but it was just really obvious for me it was about finding out what where lorry was in previous years you know what he likes and doesn't like about his bike thinking about what we had presented in front of us straight away with this prototype bike and then saying, okay, so what do we need to test within this new bike to get to the pinnacle, if you like, whatever, yeah, that, yeah. even if that pinnacle is just did the, the right thing in Laura's mind. Yeah. The feeling. Who cares? You know, the, the feeling. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's about getting towards that. So then it would then, so then we just were starting to boundary stuff. So we, the, the challenge, like, in fact, no, carry on. So we start to boundary stuff around what we needed to change. So, length of different things in on the bike whether it be front end rear end heights of stuff the too many measurements to list um and then obviously this is the suspension and then how all of the different sizing of the bike then interacts with uh, stem sizes and bar weight like so because everything and this is the biggest challenge about bikes is every everything is variable isn't it so you change one thing and it all affects like a hundred others yeah so there's no exact science on what is totally right what we have in our sport is everybody has an opinion on what's right based on thinking about their one thing or their you know couple of things and actually the way i see it is the thing that's right is the lorry going that feeling's good and equally then and I film a lot of Laurie. Equally, it, I can see him feeling good before I get down and be like, "I know that was a good run for you." Yeah, and yeah. I could see him smiling almost as he comes past me. You know, yeah. and uh, and therefore the bike's working better. Which and is fits. what we were saying. Like when that bike is good, I can have a lot of fun on that downhill bike, and you you open the bot this whole new box of ability, and it is literally it's like you're the cockiest dude in the world. You feel like you can do anything on any terrain it was like yeah. amazing and it's partly like some of the reason why i've never set up an enduro bike like properly never gone and done my suspension or like i just set up so basic out the box just so it's that thing i don't worry about and i can just have fun on it feels ragged it didn't feel brilliant but you you allow yourself to get out of shape and squirrely and loose on it. And it's, it's a fun day out cause you, yeah. you're taking it to a different approach, but that downhill bike, there's a few days in a year where you hit the nail on the head and it is spot on. And that's what I think why, why I do it. And when that day comes in with a race day, you're laughing, then you're singing. It's like, you know, it's going, that is like yeah. a cool place to be. That's so, like, do you know what I'd do if I had to go back from those days now and get a normal job because they are they are <laughs> so good. Mate. That that was where it was uh, with those test weeks though, and sort of carrying on with your question. But 
we so we put them in we made sure we had some objectives around of each day and i i was the one kind of managing what we cover in the day if you know right. what i mean yeah, yeah. i say managing as in we'd work with mark laurie's mechanic and laurie and myself to decide but then i would be the one that drove it and made sure it happened if you know what i mean yeah. kind of thing remind everyone keep everyone on track um, and we'd have those objectives, but especially not in the first session or two, but especially by about the third um, test week, something really big that we wanted to put in was actually give having race days. So we'd have a, whereas other test days, you may do quite a few runs through the day testing and some of it will be against the clock, but to test in that, in, in that way. But there's this kind of big thing of like, you test here as in at like 90%, but then Laurie would go to a race and race at 100%. And it's always a thing of like, well, is that bike set up perfect for ninety percent or hundred percent? So which is impossible to know if you're actually ever exactly. able to test at that yeah level. Or so so we I, this was me kind of pushing them on, and one of the places we did this was in San Remo, where it probably worked the best. Is um, I set up a race day, and unfortunately we had the full team there. So, oh, not Brooke, but we had Eleonora and Mark just there. to put in there. You know what it has to be? It has to be a track gnarly enough. Yeah that when you do do a full run on it at speed, it gets your anxiety and your your heart going. Yeah. It's not gnarly enough. Like, riding San Remo at full track is scary to anyone. Like, it's, it's, it's scary, scary at my speed. So to, to test properly, you really need to have high-consequence terrain okay. that will start to get your head flickering into a bit of a few deep breaths before you drop in like headspace yeah, Do you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's yeah. getting closer to a, a race day kind of thing yeah i think so danny does that well he's like full chat i remember doing team camps with him back in the day at sam remo full chat full chat for william tesco so like, you get into such a and that i think is why he's able to be quite consistent just like gnarly terrain Full yeah. chat all the time. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. Well, it's high risk as well, right? Because you don't want to get injured before the season even so, starts. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so doing that sort of stuff, it's risky, but the benefits are there to be had, I guess. Yeah, you're, te- you're testing everything. I think Laurie summed up really well there is you're testing your mindset, the bike setup, your race process. You know, we'd do some bits he'd practice even in the winter of just his like, not the full like hour before race runs, but at least the last five minutes before you run of what he has to think about and do. And so it's just starting bringing in all of that. Cause then that's in my view, that's real testing, isn't it? It's not isolating one part. It's saying, can you go really fast in this setup with this bike? How it is. Yeah. And that's the answer, isn't it? Totally. Did it get you there? Do you feel like. You oh, were... Definitely. Especially at some of the, the higher paced more high consequence tracks were at you yeah. you have your mine and Ollie have got a little uh, sort of understanding of how you should be before one of those sorts of runs and uh this is sort of a headspace you want to try and get yourself into and I feel like if you do it enough it's almost like you sit you have mental pews that you see that enable you to get into that sort of yeah, okay. mentality so things like just stopping before you run, having that few minutes in the start gate before you, you drop in, you you see the mountains in front of you, you see your surroundings, and it's it's all kind of like muscle memory then, isn't it? It's like brain function memory. You you like it's it's a it's a headspace, you're creating kind of automatic 
roots, yeah. like mental pews. I don't know if it's even, I don't know if any of that's scientifically correct, but man, it works for me. Yeah, like, for sure. Just being able to... It's habit, isn't it? And that's what habit. it's like if he practices it through the winter, like on a pointless run, yeah. you know, in San Remo when there's no other competition. Well, I was trying to post a time or two, but couldn't get anyone in. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, when he's, when he's doing it there, it would just be habit. So when he gets to a race... There's a thousand other things that are going to be coming into his mind, even though we can emulate it as close as we can in San Remo. It's still not going to be the same as in Val de Sol. Oh, dude, actual, you do uh, all the work you want to do, you still lose your head in the gate every now and again. <laughs> it's going to happen, so isn't gonna, it? Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be. How would you describe that headspace then what, that you want to be in the minute that you set off for your run? Oh, wow. That's, that's an expensive question. <laughs> Don't give away the secrets to you, mate. <laughs> well, and I guess it's probably not the same way that other athletes would necessarily describe it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, very, it's, it's, it's different individual. for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's individual. It's different for everyone. Um, for me, it's 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 an act of letting go, and that's kind of and it, and it, and it's having the mental cues in place to allow yourself to do that. What, what when you say letting go, what do you feel you're letting go of? Like your fears really. Okay. Letting go of your fears, your anxiety, putting your putting your bad thoughts in the box, getting them away and uh freeing up your mind. Yeah. It's uh it's why I kind of I I feel like it's why I've done better in my career on some of the more higher consequence tracks or some of the the kind of races that have got a bigger meaning like world champs or, or something like that because because you're it, it's all heightened you need to get into that zone otherwise it gets dangerous so for me it was like a couple of years ago it was uh trying to get into that zone for tracks like Leogang, which i don't find technically challenging or hard yeah. or but at a race run they are dangerous and hard so it was it was getting that mindset into tracks like that and that became really rewarding as well like being able to get into that zone for different different types of tracks that don't actually require that same yeah same thing but yeah something like a world champs is real cool because you're like you're in the gate your friends want you to lay it all on the line. Your family want you to lay it all on the line. You definitely have it's a few sick, of them. <laughs> it's like... So you go lay it all on the line. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like, it's an excuse to really give it some serious welly, which is like yeah, pretty cool feeling. You know, it's not your everyday go out riding, <laughs> lay it all on the line thing. It's like, yeah, everyone around you wants you to to give it some serious welly and it's a good excuse to it's a cool feeling i'll never forget watching that vow to soul worlds run that yes <laughs> mind-blowing to what what yeah. what i re- what i find really interesting is hearing people talk about say that run for example of lorries um and then thinking about knowing the mindset that Laurie was actually in during that run the two don't cor- correlate at all Okay. Um, so the run looked absolutely mental. We don't have to say anything else other than that about it. And a lot of that, I think, was down to me having so little experience with with all of the above that we've just spoken about. Okay. As, as well, so well, there's still a lot more to learn. Obviously, I, I, I definitely don't have it that figured out now. But uh, who does? Yeah. Who does anyway? But but um. Yeah, everything down to bike setup or, or even thinking about it that much I think goes 
puts in a lot of that. But the actual head space is good because you're 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 in such a committed place that it becomes harder to to crash or go down or make mistakes because you're so focused. So you when when you're in that level of focus, you you it's hard to get anything to break it. Break you out of it? Yeah, it's a clarity. A couple of like, years later, I've got second there again. In in my head, felt exactly the same. And then, based off of those two races, I was like, if I can manage to harness that headspace, and then get the bike to follow my head down the track, <laughs> <laughs> you're winning, aren't you? So yeah, and that's pretty much like a little love story between me and Valdesol there. <laughs> and then it ended up. Doing that the next time, and uh, I think I ended up getting a sixth there on a bit of a bad year, and then uh, and then winning there just from working on that process, and then the win there was the easiest out of the four. Yeah, it didn't feel hard. Didn't I? Didn't like felt easy. Like it didn't feel like a hard day. You never know what everyone else's runs might have been like, and there's all kinds of variables. But then take me to Fort William. A win is hard. <laughs> that is hard. <laughs> That's like hard work for me, but might be the other way around for someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got their favourite courses, I guess. But yeah. yeah, it's interesting that the high consequence stuff seems to help you get to where you need to be in your head. Yeah, totally. That's quite... Would you say that's un- like unusual uh yes definitely i mean if you think about it and laurie won't mind me saying but if you take so if you took national champs when he was in junior the 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 national champs was the high profile event Uh so laurie was national champion right if you take national champs now laurie does want it i've never been national champ and i've never been close never been close (laughs) yeah you're closer to my times mate at the national champs than we're battling harder than me (laughs) in pe that's the funny i I love this at national champs Turn up to a BDS and Petey just hands me my ass on a plate. Yeah. It's yeah. so easy, just because my head's my, not quite yeah. there. Interesting. And that, that is, I think, the really interesting thing. Like, could I'll get there. Have... I'm not stressed about it. I know I'll get there. I'll wake up one day and be like, how have I won a World Cup and not national champs? What is going on? I that need that. Thing. Need yeah. that. Need it for the wall. <laughs> We've got to tick that one off soon. Yeah, yeah I'll get there one day. <laughs> but, I'm not stressed about any of these things. It'll all come. Yeah, for sure. You're young. You've got plenty of time. Yeah, right? a little come. It's, and then, although we've gone into a lot of detail in this chat, it's not like... I, I'm quite relaxed knowing that there'll be a time and place for all of it. It'll all fall in. Yeah, but, but put, put in the laying the foundations yeah. of a sustainable approach that makes you happy as much of the time as you can be, right? Yeah. That's just a good so, approach to life. It's not... Yeah, it's not, exactly. it's not yeah. unique to riding, is it? That is so true, yeah. And there's a lot of people will say when they meet Laurie is how like he's got like a wise head on his shoulders kind of thing uh, for his age and probably said that for a few years. Uh, and I've been one of them, actually. Like I said, I've been, we've been uplifting for many, many years and I sort of forget his age, you know, when he was in junior ranks and stuff. And I think that's his idea. He has that kind of understanding of like, actually there's, there's more to life than, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, so, yeah. which is... Uh, Really important. If you have that, then you can succeed in whatever you do, really, can't you? And do it for a decent chunk of time as well. I think that's one of the key things that a lot yeah, of people miss. Yeah, we stress you out as much. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty aware that it's just riding a bike down a hill. <laughs> yeah. Love it, though. 
Doesn't feel like that. Spent my life devoting to it and love it. (laughs) Well, yeah, how were those testing weeks then? Did you manage to get them to a point where they were a fun thing to do? Or was it always a bit like, oh... When we had all the equipment to do it, it was so fun. It was real cool. Like, like you've created another one of these situations for me to... For it to be all right for me to push as hard as I can when the bike feels top-notch. Yeah. Which is like what I live for. I love it. So you do that at the end of the week, right? Yeah, you'd yeah. Get, you'd get Until the bike. I stop working anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Like, a few of those test weeks, we'd, uh, we'd be riding. It'd be going amazingly. I'd be putting in, like, fast run, fast run, fast run, fast run. My body would be fine. Like, we might be four days into doing full runs, like, almost 10 runs a day. And, like, starting to get pretty knackered, like, a bit of arm pump and stuff. But... Way before my body blew out, my eyes go. Interesting. So, like, your eyes start feeling like they, they're, they like, rattling inside your head. I know, like, a lot I've spoken to loads of other pro athletes, like, or, or just riders who ride, like, every day in the yeah. Alps or something. And it'd be like, after a certain amount of time, your eyes start doing this horrible, like, lag, delay, rattle, like, oh, which is pretty horrible. <laughs> I've not experienced I'm clearly not riding enough. Uh, it's because you're like, you're, he's got the adrenaline. Well, he's obviously fit enough for one, the adrenaline there for two, but uh, it's this, it's the mental drain, isn't it, right? So he's been thinking so much about his bike and, you know, and hitting all of these various objectives we've had for the mm. week kind of thing. So he gets to the point. At, but it's not, I was always trying to put in a, a like, quieter day come the middle of the week or I'd, I at the beginning of each day I'd try and make sure that he'd rest between runs kind of thing like so even between run one run one two and three that we'd have 15 20 minutes in between them yeah uh, which was quite hard to do actually because when and Laurie would admit this when actually you're still trying to figure out a track it's nice to rattle out a few quite quick mm. but the view was that then by the end of the day or especially by the end of the week we'd still have that little uh, more mental power <laughs> it's yeah. not resting yeah. the body it's resting to, the mind to be able to, to really on. lay it down after you put in the hard yeah. work on the bike yeah, and achieve one of those days at the end of the week that we were talking about being the like few times a year mm. scenarios mm. Hitting which that is sweet hard spot. yeah because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, riding yeah. fast is one thing but riding fast and being conscious of what the bike's doing what it's you like and don't story, like that's yeah. like that's a load more brain power than just yeah. riding fast yeah I guess Sometimes it got to the point I'd just be like, Ollie, just follow me down. Tell me what's going on because I'm <laughs> lost here. Fair like, play. Totally yeah. lost. Which is why it's been cool having Ollie about. Yeah. Yeah. I do that with Brooke and Mike as well. I'd be like, like it's in the in the past been like, uh, or even like last year with one of the mechanics, Ben. We were in Andorra, and um, it was like, lads, I'm lost here. Can can you, Brooke, stand there with a camera, Ben, stand there, film it and tell me what you reckon sort of thing. And and that works real cool as well. But having Ollie around just to, like, understand your point of view of, of your vision of how you want your body position to be. Your yeah. And then be able to come video you, GoPro you. It's so, it just makes it so much easier. Awesome. But, yeah, when Corona came about, I just want to add, it was like, it's such a shame that, me, Ollie, my trainer, my mechanic, like, all put so much effort into achieving this one thing that seemed to go so well. And all, all kind of my team ended up seeing of it was uh, me come September without any of that happen- having happened for months 
because I got to go to Morsing and stuff, but that was that was almost like a down tool, so that was just like, yeah, go and have fun, ride yeah. a bike, go and have a load of fun, kind of, the whole vibe changed. I made a mental decision to be like, yeah, we've got to scrap this approach this year because it's really stressing me out now, so we need to just down tools. Go ride, have fun. And if you're having fun coming into <laughs> World Champs like, and and the other races at the end of the year, then most people will probably be mentally blown out and over it at the end of the year which I ended up being pretty much <laughs> like like that anyway but yeah it was we were close to the combo this year it was a shame that we didn't get to, uh, like especially show the team and some of the Mondraker guys like and and kind of like I just picked up a rebel sponsorship this yeah, year yeah. so like hyped up got all this wicked work done felt real good and then like kind of due to Parts not coming, corona, having to take time off, your fitness slipping. Trying to kick that all back up when you knew it was kind of the fake season at the end of the year didn't it was hard. So it's it was yeah. a real shame that the team didn't get to like and and other people didn't get to witness the the sort of role we had going. So it was cool, man. It was fun. Sounds it was, good. It was yeah. Good, yeah. Chatting to you the other day and you said that you pretty much shed a tear because you'd never seen Laurie that ready like that on form and ready to go it was awesome yeah i uh, those those days laurie speaks about like i was obviously there trackside these days on the bike when everything kind of fits uh i was trackside and i'd always just know when we'd like hit that point and uh yeah and i literally i'd be like my eyes would be watering trackside and i'd come down i'd be like we've done it kind of thing and yeah then, especially like, after like two yeah. months of like <laughs> trying to get that and it never happening yeah you know, you sort of start kicking yourself for it. Yeah, and that's why, as Laurie said, we couldn't have carried on. The more time you have, the more time you'll put into it, right? And yeah, you'll yeah. just carry on. So, but we'd done what we needed to do. There were some things, some parts, as Laurie said, that still needed to come. But it, it, it wasn't a time for us to carry on doing the this testing. For like yeah. a for a race plan and a race like yeah. objectives, we'd got it pretty on the head. Yeah. It was a real shame we didn't get to put it into motion, like. Next year. Ready to well, go yeah, again. it's actually 2021. <laughs> but I was on, on the other hand, man, it's like after I got back from Worlds this year with my thumb injury and stuff, it's like, cool, yeah. It's taught me I need to be a bit more patient with it all as well because you get into that striving for it, you get a bit impatient. So, especially developing a bike, like developing a bike for the first time with coronavirus around, it's like, <laughs> cool, you're waiting for months and months to get like, especially, to get this vision of what you, yeah. so yeah, to learn a lot about being a bit more patient with it, or understanding how the actual industry works out of my little race bubble. Yeah. And it, the learnings from that, like the work you've done to, to get that bike right for you, to get set up, to go through all these testing weeks, to have some of the frustration that's come, that all helps drive the future, right? It gives you new skills. It gives yeah. you a load of learning. So yeah, 2021, it's looking more promising as a Definitely. year than 2020, I think. I think. So. There's Definitely. some good news out there generally. Yeah. People seem And to even be if it better. hasn't, like, I'm not the only one who's had to go through all that. So like, everyone in the world has. And yeah. like, if it happens again, I'll be a lot more patient, a lot more sort of like... Ready for it. Ready for it and be able to approach it in a whole new manner. Yeah. So we I approached coronavirus lockdown in flat out race mode, all or nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna smash this year to pieces, headspace. <laughs> and that was like 
Wank on. <laughs> so, so yeah, I did feel pretty down and impatient and sort of approached the year with my team quite a lot in that headspace. So yeah, ne- next year I'll be able to kind of show them a bit more of the work we put in. I know they know really. It's just like frustrating yourself having done it all. But, uh, <laughs> I have this image of like this racehorse in the gates like this and you're like there ready to go and then the gate never opens. (laughs) (laughs) That is what happened. Fully trained and nowhere to run. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you go from here then? What are you going to do this off season? Because if, I mean, obviously you've done a lot of the work, right? I'm guessing like, you know, bike technology hasn't progressed so much in the last 10 months that you need to do it all again. For one, fork offsets, frame sizes, frame designs suspension designs will stay consistent for 2021 so that's like result that's three of the biggest things other than your head in racing <laughs> yeah pretty much your suspension frame size and geometry so that's locked in for next year got some really exciting things coming i'm excited to test as soon as this thumb plays ball um yeah there's it, it's all pretty simple there's going to be less coronavirus threatening stuff going on and and all of that stuff's in place as well i think um i might not have to plan the fun in quite as much as well <laughs> and, uh, kind of go with it really see how it opens up it's going to be cool like yeah. having learned all the stuff we've learned and uh had, having gone through all that stuff it's like i feel feel really excited to crack on i'm excited to see kind it, of feels man. like the day job is like starting to take old and world cup racing is like gone from being this terrifying thing to sort of something i feel quite comfortable and and at home doing so it's like i don't know based on how like up and down this year's been i'm pretty like amazed at how it's how what kind of position we're in now to to crack on with it it's pretty exciting yeah well you, are there certain things that you put in place last winter for example like the testing weeks that you'll keep for this winter like how yeah, much definitely. Have, yeah. there's still a lot to to work out with their schedule and i think world cup teams in the whole are starting to go that direction a little bit more as well like yeah i sat down and with the help of ollie and stuff planned those weeks as our kind of as our own entity to the team yeah. but i think i can see like some teams especially the frenchies they're they're really cracking on with that sort of attitude towards it. It, it becomes more of a more of a year round job for not only the riders but the mechanics, the the staff, the team managers, and yeah. and for all that stuff to happen, obviously you need more budget, which is hard for a small sport like downhill. But it's definitely going in that direction. Like it's been pretty cool to see how many people have been buying bikes this year and see the industry pretty much explode. So yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely going that direction anyway. So I know my team have, have kind of already sent me a schedule of team camps and stuff. So I'll probably be uh, kind of working all together towards that, which is pretty cool because a team dynamic is really hard to get right. Like so easy for people to feel left out or or kind of getting more attention than others and all that sort of stuff. So if yeah, it's like... Pretty cool. I think the the plan we've got 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 a cool, cool few ideas in there. Some exciting things I can't speak about as well to <laughs> to test out, which look pretty badass from what I see. So <laughs> it's always nice to have something yeah. new to try. 
Yeah, man. Other than that, I'm going to uh, do loads of surfing, try and ride ride uh, my hardtail and BMX as much as possible, keep that side going. Uh, also, uh, employed someone, or like kind of employed a bit of a corporate word, but like got someone on board to kind of help me out with my social media stuff because I, d- I don't particularly enjoy the social side to it as much as other people. I, uh-huh. I I love the physical aspect of like getting out there in the woods, riding your bike, having a right laugh, actually doing the thing I enjoy rather than like scrolling through who's likes your picture and all that stuff. So I battled it for years in my head and I actually love creating content and doing it, but I don't like the, the editing, the, the sort of the comments, the this, the that, the like, yeah, yeah kind of trawling through that side of things. So yeah, I got someone involved. He's real keen, real rad lads come help do that side of things. Nice. So we're, it's like, like Ollie, it was easy with Ollie because I ride with him all the time. Anyways, that sort of thing, like your boy from home, sort of, he's pretty keen to come on and, uh, I ride with him all the time, just capture everything, get a little YouTube going, sort of nice. just have someone on the side capturing it all. Cause I love doing it. And, and, and kind of taking over my socials a little bit for me. Yeah. Is there kind of, but as soon as I had that chat with him and stopped thinking about this, like small scale personal media level that everyone actually puts so much like emphasis on these days, I started like coming up with mad ideas to do like a, a big uh, Red Bull video and like already got some like, in the space of two weeks after coming to that conclusion of like planned loads of like pretty big scale video projects and, nice. and that sort of thing that would be pretty cool for me because I haven't done any, I've never done a video with Rebel yet. Obviously this year was hard, but like yeah, kind of, uh, like I said, the racing's the day job and I'll be real keen to show some uh, other stuff on, on kind of, Showing people what other things we can do, like, like so many of the World Cup athletes are so skilled in other aspects of riding, but a lot of the time never show it. Yeah, you don't get so to like, see it much. Yeah, I mean, you got riders like Brendan and and Cade and Chaos, and they're they're sick at kind of doing it all. But it'd be cool to show a bit more of that aspect. And now now things are in place, and there's kind of a little less work to do. I do a lot of that, all that stuff as well, nice. which is cool. Yeah, so it should be a good winter. Yeah, I hope so. Good stuff. Nice one. Well, thanks both of you so well, much. We're still in lockdown now. Though. Well, yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to get out of that soon. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds promising. Don't say the word again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for the time. It's been super interesting chatting, finding out a bit more about what you guys got up to. And yeah, hopefully we all have a good winter. Things improve on the Corona side of things next year. And I think, yeah, there should be a decent racing season. So Hope so. Excited to see you go for it, man. Very lamps through. Cheers, Chris. Awesome. Cheers, Cheers, bud. Thanks for having us. All right, that's it for this episode with Laurie and Ollie. I really hope you've enjoyed listening and that you found it interesting. A massive thanks to We Are One Composites for supporting this episode of the show. If you're keen on a set of their awesome carbon wheels or bars, then for the month of December, you can use the code SANTAGIVES20 for 20% off. That's an awesome discount, so head to weareonecomposites.com now to check out the full range. That code again is SANTAGIVES20. That's SANTAGIVES was one word, followed by the number 20. All the links are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. 
If you want to represent the show, then you can grab yourself a t-shirt, a sweatshirt or a hoodie by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. You know what to do by now. Please keep on spreading the word about the show. The more people who listen, the easier it is for me to keep this thing going. It really is that simple. Also, if you've got the time, a review on iTunes is really helpful. Okay, we've got another awesome episode coming up soon. But until then, get out and ride. (laughs) 